0: Captain Marvel, after crashing an experimental aircraft, Air Force pilot Carol Danvers is discovered by the Kree and trained as a member of the elite Star Force military under the command of her mentor, Yon-Rogg, played by Jude Law. Six years later, after escaping to Earth while under attack by the Skrulls, Danvers begins to discover there's more to her past. With the help of S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Nick Fury, they set out to unravel the truth. So, Captain Marvel comes out on digital now when this episode airs. And um, of course, when you consider what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done, it would be natural of anybody who's interested in uh, modern blockbuster cinema to try to check this film out. Um, It is directed by, let me see... Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck who mostly have TV directing credits and uh, another film called Mississippi Grind which has uh, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn in uh, key roles. So the story begins uh, on that weird planet Hala which looks very very CGI and you kind of don't really understand the the past or the origin story of this character. Where does she come from and where is she... How can, you know, anybody relate to her? She's shown directly grown up in the middle of a situation where she just has to sort of train and fight for this war. They are on a weird planet and it seems that uh, the Skrulls who are these green... Alien thingies kind of uh, have invaded that and uh, circumstances take hold and she's thrown onto Earth where we start discovering things about her past. There was something interesting about the Supreme Intelligence AI being that was there on that planet and each of the members anybody who sort of attaches themselves to it uh, has a different uh, personality that greets them when they enter that ethereal sort of world or that you know technologically advanced subconscious mental space so that was a little bit interesting in terms of storytelling. gives a lot of options for the directors and the screenplay writers to play with that. And uh, it is kind of formulaic in many, many aspects. Also, if you have seen the other Marvel movies like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, you see that the same... Um, sort of style visual graphical style of uh, them having these jump points between galaxies between space is very very similar to that and uh, even the text sort of borrows from other styles used in the marvel films does it have a color palette or a signature style of its own yes probably the glowy effects on captain marvel has that sort of signature but since i'm not a woman it does not particularly affects me in a way that might have affected a lot of the girls and it is obviously the first female-led superhero film from the marvel universe ant-man and the wasp was a co-lead situation which is also okay I mean, why does this film come into the films to watch podcast and not Ant-Man and the Wasp? Because I guess this had more expectations and uh, this uh, kind of delivers in many ways. Of course, if you follow the story along, it follows in a very, very swift manner. I mean, doesn't waste any time doing any extraneous things or any B stories or any Uh, drag uh, effects you know are not present so it's very very swift it's very entertaining light fun throughout which is good i mean you don't sort of realize the time you don't look at your phone you don't look at the clock when you're watching this film so that is a good thing and uh, a couple of things was that i was wondering when i was watching it was the fact that in a screenplay, you are usually looking at what the character's physical need or desire is in a story arc and what is her emotional need in that arc. And uh, probably what I've realized just before starting recording of this podcast was that her sort of emotional arc turns out to be the fact that she has to find out who she is because at the beginning of the film it's very hard for her to piece together because she has these weird flashes she has this blue blood which is usually Cree characteristic and humans have red blood so she wonders why is this blue blood in me and where is she from it's hard for her to sort of ground her in any sort of reality or ground her in any sort of past. So that is a little frustrating at the beginning, but an interesting way to tell the story, a non linear way to tell a story. And uh, also, another good thing is that they get directly into a plot without really uh, going through the usual tropes of uh, finding the character and finding her, you know, uh, familial. Um, ties or her friendships in the beginning or how she's growing up that would have been a little little too boring so the good thing is that it does not bore you at all I mean none of the points are none of the scenes, none of the uh, beats really are you know something that you would think back and see okay why that wasn't required or that Uh, did not make sense so in that sense in terms of screenplay it is tight but it kind of follows the usual structure towards the second and third acts I mean some of the things are a little weird Uh, they try to surprise you with the fact that that cat goose is an alien species and she gobbles up the tesseract which ends up giving her that, that that sort of power and a lot of the moments like her flying her getting the costume okay the getting her costume in into that um you know american flag american air force colors is a good moment with the daughter of her friend so that is a good moment where she casually, you know, has a color palette on her uh, device on her arm, which is a funky gadget, which she can put on any colors, so she decides that when she realizes that her story is, you know, Carol Danvers, who's from Earth, and who was this friend to this uh, lovely character. Um, So, That moment when she gets her colors is a fun moment. But a lot of the moments where she gets her powers, fights off the enemies, you know, blows up stuff in the heavily CGI battles are a little too, um, what I would say, they just happen without any sort of emotional release or some sort of catharsis, um, And uh, it doesn't feel as if it is something that has a sense of magic or a sense of emotional stake in her doing the thing that she does at that moment. So I don't think it is a film that is um, highly, highly rewatchable. It is one of those all right films in terms of women superhero films of course i guess wonder woman makes a lot more emotional impact because uh, patty jenkins grounded that film in the love story between her and steve travers was it here she doesn't feel she doesn't feel like she has any sort of emotional connect or a relationship with uh any of the characters, but at the end, perhaps a little bit with Nick Fury, she has a nice moment when they're cleaning the dishes when she gives him that famous pager which is called upon at the end of infinity war, so that is a good moment um but it's by the numbers in terms of plot in terms of connectivity with the marvel universe does not bring anything new i mean we've seen what happens to the Tesseract in the future so going back to that again um, does not really do anything new to the overall plot of the marvel cinematic universe if you go into and if you've seen avengers endgame without watching captain marvel i guess it did it wouldn't make any difference at all because they don't talk anything about the Grease krull situation or her abilities and what specifically she can do it's a little weird because she can do anything she can fly she can blast through big you know spaceships she can throw proton blasters from her hands she can Um, destroy you know enemies around her so it's a little weird because the test act was supposed to be the space stone yes so she's supposed to do only the space stony things but i don't know i mean it's a movie at the end of the day the logic falls apart if you go too deep into it but uh, it's a Fun entertainer, I mean, it doesn't give you something or a moment specifically or a line or a, you know, something memorable uh, after you've watched it or a visual even or a sequence where it's something sort of unique. It's unfortunately just fine. So that is a little bit disappointing. If you look into the screenplay or the pacing or the, the editing rhythm, I don't think there is... ...anything particularly wrong... ...but I guess it just lacks a bit of magic... ...in terms of um, uh, her character. I don't know. I'm not, not somebody who's ever read any of the comics... ...or ever followed any of the um, history of Captain Marvel. So not somebody who can judge this based on that... ...but just as a movie... It felt fine if you skip it you're not losing out on anything in the world really Um, yes the de-aging stuff of course that is really 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 well done but i guess um, because they're actually using nick fury's real face and real eyes and real you know mouth They're only smoothing out the wrinkles probably on his uh, face and his forehead and things like that. So that is why it looks really, really good. But uh, the other CGI looks average, does not look anything special. Uh, And the third act is a lot of CGI. So um, probably, again, nothing really special there. But... I'm glad to be back. My life was busy. I'll try to do more interesting, detailed uh, film podcasts on more deeper, meaningful films. Try to get as deep as possible. If you really like the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at Ravi, R-A-V-I underscore V-A-Z-I-R-A-N-I. I would love to hear from you and please, please subscribe.